thanks for joining us. Today we wanted to broach a common subject that Mark and I receive and it's you know kind of where do you begin? What are your first steps that you take when you're experiencing or seeing what you believe to be suboptimal plant performance? Uh, Mark, what are some of the first things that you look at when a grower comes to you uh, believing that they could be growing better plants? Well, the first bifurcation that we're going to look at, uh, as usual in this industry, is like where, uh, what is our environment? Are we inside? Are we outside? Or in a greenhouse? So we'll kind of take the inside or the outside and the greenhouse together, and then uh, we'll can kind of go back to indoor operations later. But particularly uh, if you're going to be growing in soil. Uh, outside, the first step right there is to look at your soil, right? That's like our main medium of growth. It's where all of our nutrient uptake, except for air, um, is coming from, right? So um, the first, first, absolute first step is we have to check to see if we have a compaction layer. So you're going to want to get a penetrometer out there and really see, uh, are your roots able to get down into this soil to a level where they're going to uh, adequately colonize the substrate? Right, so that would be step one. If we do have a compaction layer, we have to rip, um, or you can use uh, you can use cover crop if you have the time to poke holes in that layer if you have enough time. But you know, there's lots of ways it's going to be. You have to break up that hard pan in some way. We need to get water moving through our fields, right? Um, after that, um, speaking of water, I send off a water test right away. We forget that water is one of the, if not the biggest nutrient or most important nutrient to a plant. Um, and if you're putting on poor quality water, not only are you going to inhibit root growth and all these things, but um, you could be locking up nutrients in your soil and causing all kinds of biochemical um, cascades down the line. Um, from water, we're going to go to a soil test. And I mean, there's a number of soil tests that we could be looking at. We could uh, do a typical NPK. There's the Haney test, which starts to take into the biological aspects of, of the soil as it grows. Um, and additionally, the phospholipid fatty acid test that I've been using a lot lately that gives us kind of a look at our microbial habitat and our communities down there. Um, but only after all of those things are taken into account. Cultural management, your cultural decisions, like you said, plant spacing, plant timing, uh, genetic selection, all these things. But, you know, sticking with the outdoor environment, Mark, and kind of what you were mentioning with the compaction layer and things is, you know, I look at what's the site history, uh, you know, especially if you're new to that site. It's one thing if you've owned this land for 20, 30 years or it's been in your family for generations, that's awesome because you're probably going to have a really good idea of what occurred, whether it's record or just, you know, passed down knowledge. But if you don't have that, uh, you need to acquire it and find out what especially if it's old farmland more than anything, um, you know, what was grown there? How was, how was it grown? And, you know, find out the most information you can in that. Beyond cultural management, what, what else would you look at outside, Mark? Well, yeah, then we start getting into nutritional management um, and pests, honestly, because that's going to be the big thing that I see a lot of people have a lot of success in vegetative growth um, first couple of months. And then as flower uh, reproductive phase uh, progresses, they're getting worse and worse uh, with their, their bug pressure. So, you know, forming some sort of integrated management plan, you know, integrated pest management plan um, that starts at sprouting, right? Starts the season before, 
right? We have to be looking a year in advance for these kind of things. Um, and then, then last but not least, we get to nutrition. And that's when we start getting into integrating those soil tests that we took in the beginning of the year with sap and tissue testing that can really uh, shorten this cycle right so by being able to add in nutrition that's not in the soil it's not being taken up we can increase the root exudate production of these plants that will then benefit our soil so it is kind of a feedback loop that we're trying to start early on with this sap testing so um with sap testing uh done regularly and consistently at uh regular intervals we can really hone in on um that top level of plant performance which is what you're going to get to after you've kind of knocked off all of these these other kind of low-hanging fruit. And we kind of touched on it in our last podcast regarding, you know, an indoor environment and integrating systems and, and different variables that go into that, but maybe looking more at a plant-specific or even, you know, nutritional-specific uh, standpoint, how would, how would it vary going into an indoor environment? Right. Well, you said, like, as we went over on our last uh, podcast, we really got to look at the environment first, because that is the thing that is the biggest variable, like, you know, everything else, soil, water, you know, um, everything else is going to be pretty similar, you know, not not the same, obviously, but like, really, that uh, created environment is really, you know, that's where we have full control. And that's where we can have over control, right? And and over manage and do all of these things. So I would say that would be the first place to start. Um, like aside from all of the equipment, right, that, you know, has to be checked. Um, the thing that I see the most, um, I'd say the, the thing that I feel like people are lacking the most is like really adequate ventilation. And I think that inside that that's really, whether it's in a tent or in a full on warehouse, I mean, I haven't seen really good, um, just even consistent horizontal airflow movement, right? In a greenhouse, I've seen fans pointed all different directions. We're not getting that tunnel effect. Um, so things along those lines where I could really see changing that air in an indoor environment, as far as really small scale changes, right? That we can you know, improve quality. Um, but furthermore, like into the, the, the smaller scale, I really think that to improve quality indoors, you really have to get a little, like you have to get craft with it, you know, in a lot of ways, like that's what we're going for with all this energy input. So um, I think if you're not getting the, the quality that you're expecting, you could definitely look into all of those things that I mentioned for the outdoor water quality, soil quality, and this and that. But I think the cultural management practices come into more here, right? Are we still trying to grow 10 foot tall monsters inside? No way, you know? Um, are you still doing, are we scrogging? Like what is the method? And you know, like really those cultural practices are gonna bring um, the yield and through nutritional practices, we can increase the quality. Right? In an indoor environment, you have more control, but you also have more responsibility. All of those natural phenomena that occur passively in an outdoor environment, whether it's airflow, ventilation, you, you know, you can decide based on your plant spacing and pruning techniques and so forth, but they're provided for you in an indoor environment, you know, you're, you're playing mother nature. Right. Well, like on that topic right there, pruning techniques, I really feel like that could be either detrimental or extremely beneficial based on timing, variety, um, you know, just, just the amount of labor you have, like doing something halfway is never going to be okay, you know? So it's really integrating 
those management cultural practices in with your environment, uh, which is really going to be, and like you said, with the indoors, just there's so much more control, there are less variables. So it kind of, we do have more, we have more of a, I guess, a hand on the scale inside to be able to really fix things. Cause you know, you can't help it if a hailstorm comes in Colorado, you know, yeah. there's no, there's no control for that. Right. And if everything else, you know, is up to par, integrated properly, outdoor, indoor, doesn't matter. What's the vibe? What's the energy that your crew's putting out there, right? Um, are you going out there and treating these plants like you're, you know, putting cars off of manufacturing product line? Or are you treating them as, you know, living organisms that they are you can't you know you can you you know i think a lot of it has to do with uh with the the vibe and the energy and just the morale of your crew you know i i've, I've gone into a lot of a lot of uh poor grows and uh the the atmosphere uh within the staff is congruent with the the look of their plants so uh, and likewise you know a lot of times yeah, I'll jump in and say I totally agree with that, Christian, and I don't want to get too far out and everything like that, but I, I do believe that there are rippling effects from that high morale, right? So really to keep the, the not only the team together, but on message and on theory and having the singular, you know, you don't want people inadvertently forgetting or, you know, leaving out parts, because that's a big aspect of this system, especially when we control everything, is that we have all the pieces in place and they're all on board. Right. Um, I, you know, and I don't want to take too far off of an example, but like biodynamic farming, a lot of people feel that it's super, super far out and wild, but I'll tell you this much. There are ripples, there are actual benefits. I've seen it done well and I've seen people, it's, it's the amount of care that you put into it. Right. If you look and you respect your plants, I mean, they're gonna, you're, you're gonna, you're gonna care, right? <laughs> you know, so there's more of a reason to touch them and to see them and to notice these things early on, right? So if you're in your, your room every day, I, I say touch every plant every day. Um, so you could see, you could see your bugs. You're gonna see that first aphid. You're gonna see that first spider mite, whatever it is. And these are, these are times where we can head that off with management if we're already not planning for it, which you should be. But I think that's an aspect to what you just brought up there, man. Yeah, definitely. So, you know, I, I think that if you're seeing what you feel is suboptimal performance, uh, just take a step back and, and, you know, are, are you having this, you know, dream state of plant quality that is unattainable or are you actually seeing problems? And, um, and then if all else fails, re-listen to this podcast. No. <laughs> so uh, again, thanks for joining us, everyone. Uh, if you have any other questions or comments, please leave them below or send us an email at info at uh, Until next time, we'll catch you on the next episode.